I am unashamed. What about you? The problem is everybody's a little groggy because so we had the big, another big wedding that Dad and I, you know, there was you missed the wedding because well, you but I was at the rehearsal. Yeah, but I left early, which was embarrassing. <laughs> but I mean that thing. Were you at that? Oh the yeah. Rehearsal. Oh yeah. And I and I got stuck in a bad. I, I pulled a bad move. I, I just did not think I had. For some reason, Mom and Aunt Ann wanted to ride over with us. Oh, I saw you there. Right. right. That's how bad my brain is fried. <laughs> I, I, I sat we, out and talked we, to you. We had about a fifteen-minute conversation. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> no. I haven't. I've had about four hours sleep in the last forty-eight hours because I've been in Ohio. But b- before I went, I had to get up at. Four forty-five in the morning and leave. So that was after the wedding rehearsal. The, rehearsal. the next morning. Okay. So I left after you know uh, Willie's daughter. Bella well, they started in on the uh, the what it, the testimonials and it was about try- it was about nine thirty when they started that and I thought well I got to get up here. Well, you know when it ended. I mean I, I was already gone too, but yeah. it ended about ten forty-five. Yeah, I mean it went on for a while. So. Uh, course i got home and and i didn't it's not like i left and went you know to bed because i had to get packed up and i had other things i had to get ironed out because i was leaving to go to ohio but when i flew out or or got to the airport to fly out we got on the plane so now it's like whatever time it was 6 30 when we got on the plane and then they were like we were on the plane for 90 seconds and they're like, it's time time to get off. <laughs> You're in Monroe. You're here. Yeah, I, okay. I was here in Monroe, and so, and they said we have a fog issue because I had to f- fly to Houston to get to where I was going at in Ohio, and so, uh, so I get off. But you know these these smaller airports that we have, they basically said there was a fog issue. And my assistant, who was meeting up with me in Houston, they were like, well, ask them, you know, if this is going to affect your connection. And I was like, well, I would, but there's nobody here. <laughs> you know, the desk was empty. <laughs> yeah. And it remained empty till 9 o'clock. Oh, yeah. They they processed your flight, and then they disappear somewhere. Until, Nothing. You know, until... She came out the door and said, we're ready to board. Well, by this time, you we weren't missed. sure. Yeah, we, we missed the connection, but we were on standby for the next one, which would put us an hour late. To the event. Oh boy. And so of course my assistant they worked on they said an hour late's fine. But uh so then by the time we got there, the closer it started getting, it's like we're still on standby. And I was like, Well explain to them standby means you got a fifty fifty chance at this. <laughs> standby. <laughs> so I don't sir. think they realize you know, because so, if we wanna make we can't drive, it's too far. Too far. I was like, but I don't know if they're interested in a private plane. Maybe we can work something out as far as, you know, contributing to the thing I was asked to come to. It was called uh, Operation 612, which was taken from Ephesians 612. Our our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil Uh, in the dark world. Yeah, it was good. And so they, they deal with... The typical, you know, alcohol abuse, drug world, pornography, all, all these things that people, the vices that people get hooked into. What I didn't know until I got there, we, we eventually had to get the private plane and scramble and we got there on time. But I flew into Columbus. We had about, I don't know, an hour drive or whatever. And so we get out here and all of a sudden the... The the ve no vehicles a bad word. The uh, mode of transportation changed just at the snap of a finger, because we're in a we're in a truck, but the people that we're coming up on are in horses and buggies, and it just got to a point. The further we went into these rolling hills, the more horse and buggies. I thought, boy, they're where we are, where are we at? And they said, this is the heart of Amish country, ah. which at that time I didn't know that there's almost, there's a community of, all, you know, nearly a hundred thousand in Ohio. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. I think it's the largest one in Pennsylvania has yeah. a large group. And so I was like, oh, is this, is this operation 612? Is this, are these Amish people? And they're, 
the guy driving it, he's like, oh, yeah. I was like, everybody? He's like, pretty much. <laughs> so, uh, we so, were, I, so we were it just, was a wonderful ride into a great place to go. It was probably it beautiful. Was literally like we, I had fallen through some kind of crack in the modern world. <laughs> into and, a time portal. You know, I say and, kudos to them. Yeah. Well, Phil, you know what my opening line, well, one of my opening lines was? Because once I got to mingle, because the first thing I did was I did the Q&A. We did a Q&A at the the house that where the the people check in and they counsel and help try to get off drugs and alcohol. But the more I was around the people, I realized, I said, yep, I got my opening line. I said, well, I just want y'all to know y'all been real hospitable and this will make you feel better. But my dad, Phil Robertson, I've learned this in the last, because I was there about four and a half hours. He has Amish tendencies, <laughs> and they no act, doubt about they it. actually laugh. <laughs> that but was a good uh, opening, <clears throat> yeah. So what made me feel good about it? The is, price of gas is a moot point with these people. Which well, I kind of like it. Well, you know what? It's That's interesting right. now. They they don't mind so much gas engines because the tractor there. Oh, it's a. They love tractors. Mm. I saw on the side of a hill <clears throat> the the largest tractor burial ground, I would say, in my opinion, probably on the face of the earth. <laughs> but it looked spectacular. It, it was like, it wasn't something, you know, like around here, we got junk cars, <laughs> I've been parking saying, lots it's, everywhere. It's not very impressive the, to ride out here for these junk. tractors. On both sides of the road here. <laughs> these tractors had their own little space. The, the grass was manicured and this was like it was a spectacle that looked like there was some affection put into the burial so this is like a proud look at former tractors it was a it was a tractor shrine a, a tractor <laughs> graveyard yeah but but it was done with affection well it's funny you say so, that because you know we talked about the amish on here on the podcast a few weeks back and somebody sent me an email and said, because we were talking about cell phones, and I said, you know, we were talking at the time we were in Michigan and spoke, and there were a lot of Amish there. And they said a lot of young Amish now have cell phones, which I thought was interesting. Now, I don't know if this person was right or not, but that's what he said. He well, said, I I've ta- I've, they've, they've sent messages to, to Dan. Well, that's to what some, I learned. Okay. And, and I want to be, you know, sensitive about their I mean, co- I don't have culture. a cell phone, so how could I? And if they don't have one, but I did receive messages they said, they said the older older folks still don't. Like, yeah, I well, asked some of them, is that allowed? They said, well, with us it is, but a lot of people, they... they well, that's what I was going to explain right. to you. What I came to find out... I volunteered look, not to have a cell phone. If, so. if I mess this up, I'm apologizing. <laughs> I, I'm not apologizing to most Amish people because they are not they don't have something, a device, <laughs> to hear what I'm actually saying right but now. But some might. But, but now yeah, know, so right? I, I want to... Because, look, overall... I mean, they welcomed me, and we had an awesome time. I mean, there was more than a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred people on the side of a hill, you know, under a tent. I mean, we couldn't all fit under the tent, but it went out of sight. Well, that was my question: How did they even know who you were? I mean, like, I also used that line. Yeah. I said, "Look, the fact that it seems like most of you knows who I am." Means that somebody has got a TV around here, and we got some closet TV watchers, which they didn't really laugh at that. And I said, "Y'all need to have a meeting about that." That's a pretty good line. There, yeah, I said that because I thought here's here's what the guy told me, which the guy uh, Larry, who is one of the guys who does this ministry, who's one of the the leaders uh, of the group that are helping the the guys get off drugs drug, and gals, drugs and alcohol, because he works in the Amish community. Well, he was raised Amish, and he said, yeah, I kind of, when I, I grew up, I kind of departed, you know. And uh, and he, he made a statement, though, that got my attention. He's like, because I said, do all these people believe in Jesus? He said, yes, which I was like, really? I was like, yep. But their churches are Basically, the difference in the churches are kind of the difference in the way they view the rules of functioning in society. And so, but he said, when I left, he said, I found grace. And uh, he said, I'd moved to Alabama and I found grace. He said, but I, you know, he said, I just stick with Jesus 
and, and, and the grace of God. And, and he feels, you know, led to help, which I, I'm saying kudos to him. Oh, I look, it was awesome. Him and his wife were awesome. And so, uh, and that, and he's like, you know, I wanted to shake him up a little bit and bring somebody like you. And the guy that spoke before me was a guy who was a former hell's angel who was converted to Jesus and he helps in the program or went through the program. I can't remember the specifics. And I thought, boy, cause I mean, look, this guy was bringing it. And I said, Oh, this is how they preach up. And he's like, no, they're really uncomfortable right now. <laughs> he said, but I figured, you know what? We're already bringing you up here. Let's just go for the whole enchilada. But, uh, and he said, they're not going to respond to you and don't take it personal. He said, because that's just kind of the way we are. We don't, we're not real vocal. It's kind of a respect thing, you know, yeah. but he was wrong. Cause they did. Cause I went out there kind of making fun of them in a, in a funny way. Like, like you know, we about, each other. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, somebody had been watching the TV. Well, they all laughed. And so, and, and look, I had this moment happen right off the bat that really helped me. So, they're giving away two duck calls. I'm up there. I hadn't even started speaking yet, but they wanted to give away two duck calls. And you know, the you, you got to picture the scene here. Uh, the Amish community, they all they have these beards that are all what are you manicured somewhat? And they, they don't have, have a mustache. Usually they don't have a mustache. Yeah, they have different hats and, and the women have these little dresses on that, that are handmade and they have the little white the bonnet. Yeah, bonnet hat. So you, you gotta remember most of the people had that kind of garb on, and I didn't realize that whatever kind of hat you got means what church group you're with and what clan oh. you're from. And I'm learning all this and how your beard looks and Everybody's <laughs> got their clans here, but everybody was super nice. And uh and, and I didn't say this. My arrival was with this guy named Melvin, who I mean he looked the part. Because Melvin said, I'll give a big contribution to y'all. Back, back to the well, the, the, well let the, me finish my story. Well, but but while you're there, <laughs> but he looked the part as opposed to you not looking, looking the part or not looking the part. I had the We're beard. We're discussing whiskers here, which is a phenomena that we can do nothing about. Yeah, I, yeah, I th but that dad, they spend a lot of time on theirs. Unlike, right. you know, I think they looked at my beard as in need of some work. <laughs> yeah, I felt that. <laughs> Were you wearing but, your, your hat, your normal hat, but just like? Oh you yeah, did. and like I didn't have this, you know, yeah. the black square hat yeah, the, or hang, whatever. Hang on, Jess, let's take a break. So Gordon uh, was in town, has been in town for the uh, for the wedding, and he uh, he's dating. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. He's dating a lady uh, here in town. You know, Jan's been passed away a couple of years, and uh, it's been really interesting being able to needle him and make fun of him. So I look out there, and somebody has somebody in our family has hung a pair of drawers on his truck, and so then all these people are just like making fun of him and all this stuff. And, you know, it's fun to watch Gordon twist in the wind. And so I, I went out there and looked and somebody just found some, well, I call them granny panties and hung them on the thing. And so I was telling Gordon, I said, you need to find you some Tommy Johns. Forget about these granny panties. You got hanging on your, on the, <laughs> on your truck window. You need some Tommy Johns, which is one of my favorite sponsors for the podcast. They've sold that 14 million pairs of underwear. And they're really good at this risk-free. I mean, guarantee if you don't like it, you get your money back. So you go to tommyjohn.com slash fill 20% off your first order order by June 15th for delivery by father's day. So that's 20% off your first order. Tommyjohn.com slash fill tommyjohn.com slash fill and don't buy any more granny panties. So I'll get back to what the giving the duck call away, but, so Melvin says, I'll give a big contribution. He tells one of the leaders if Jace will ride in my tractor. Because I mean, I've noticed the two vehicles they're concerned about more than anything else is that horse and buggy and that tractor. This, this guy drove a 1955 restored tractor 55 miles just to be there. <laughs> I said, how long did it take you? He said, all day. <laughs> <laughs> so they asked me if I would do that. They said, for your to you, you know, for you to arrive, your arrival, we, you know, Melvin wants to take you on a ride on his tractor. So I was like, 
and he's going to do what? He's going to give us a contribution. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I get on the tractor. So I come in, you know, but everybody's just sitting there as I'm driving in. So I, I started doing like, I mean, what's wrong? Come on. How about this? We're here. Welcome. You know, we're on a 1955 tractor, <laughs> me and Melvin. Melvin had a smile on his face the whole time. So they kind of started getting into it. I, I thought we're breaking down some you're, walls. You're here. working the crowd coming in. Yeah, but what's funny is when I got on the tractor with Melvin, I said, uh, I said I feel like we should be playing a song because I forgot where I was at. I said, I, be, I feel like we need to crank up a little Jason Aldean here. And he said, now, now who is that? <laughs> I said, you know, big green tractor. The, I said, what kind of music you listen to? And he's like, come again. I said, <laughs> I said, do you like? I would. Do, I could never speak at an Amish event. I use way but, too many pop culture. So right. I said, uh, I said, I said, it's, I said, do you like country music? That's what I said. He said, I love country music. I said, oh, Jason Aldean. That's who I'm talking about. Big green tractor. I kind of started singing it, and he's like, I, I don't follow you. I said, well, you, you love country music. And he kept pointing, which, look, I didn't get till today when I thought about this story. What He he had two American flags because they're real patriotic. Oh, yeah. He had two American flags. He thought I was talking about country music. <laughs> the country. Yeah, I got you. Not, <clears throat> he had no concept of what I was talking about. So we arrived. We and, listen and, to both kinds, country and western. Yeah, so I thought, he thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> So we give away the two duck calls with this girl wearing the dress, beautiful girl, you know, just because there were thousands of little tickets where you could win. She wins. But I thought, this poor girl, she won a a duck call. (laughs) How embarrassing. (laughs) So she comes down to get it, and I put a little Bible verse on it, you know, I hand it to her. And she said, "Uh, I, I used one of Miss Kay's recipes last night. Well, I was so shocked. That number one, she knew who I was because they told me they're like these people are not going to know who you are because they were under the delusion that I was yeah. that there's no TVs around here. <laughs> no, somebody, somebody has ha, we have a leak somewhere. <laughs> this woman, she said, I use one of recipes. I said, well, which one? And she said, frog legs. I said, y'all have frogs in Ohio? She's like, oh, yeah. I was like, well, how'd it go? She said, well, it was a couple of them I didn't cook long enough because it didn't really specify on how how long I cook them, and the frog legs were big. So when I turned around, well, then they're like, Jace Robertson. So I'm like, oh, I'm speaking. So I said, I'll tell you what, I am feeling a lot better about this community was called Fresno. I said, I'm feeling a lot better about Fresno, Ohio at this moment. And they were just Looking, I said, because I just met, her name was Ruthie. I said, and she cooked frog legs last night for her family. You know, and then they kind of kind of chuckled. But I was, I was shocked. Yeah. And so I basically did my speech and, you know, I noticed. Did you alter it or did you just do your normal? Well, I was thinking in my mind since what I had gathered is that we have Possibly some rule oriented, uh, <laughs> which we talk a lot about on issues. The podcast. You know, I thought I'm going to lean on grace heavily, and so a couple times I would make a statement because you know I don't have notes or anything, and I did. I went through my duck calls because right. it was a perfect segue because we had just given them away. Right. But look, when I went to Genesis nine and talked about the birthplace of hunting, these people, they liked this, yeah, and they were responding, and they were. Because they live off the land. Yep. They're simple people. And, you know, on my way, you'd see families working out in the yard. And even some of them, they're like what they call making hay, which is your family going out there and literally just cutting it down by hand and stacking it up. Right. Of course, I'm like, well, you have I thought y'all like tractors. And they're like, yeah, but, you know, our kids, they need to work. <laughs> I said, "Oh my dad would love this." <laughs> right. like so, uh, but look, when I introduced Jesus, I mean, I probably sub- subliminally, you know, leaned on the grace of God. Because really, look, it's not that we don't mind hard work. I just wanted to make it clear that we work for God because of the grace of God. I right. mean, that's our motivation. So, yeah. But hey, they could not have been more engaging, and and I would say almost raucous yeah uh well don't you love that they were so open to having you i mean like you know most groups that 
you know, the, in their own, in their own thing, don't, don't allow outside people to give them, you know, to make them think a little bit. So that shows me that these were for that many people to show up, you know, for, and I'll tell you there's this. a difference between <clears throat> rule keeping Colossians says after just after a person's baptism, spiritual circumcision, he canceled the written code with all the rules and regulations, which was yeah. against us and stood opposed to us. But he goes on to say in chapter three, since then, it's going to do it in Romans seven too, that we'll look at. Since you've been raised with Christ, speaking of their baptism, set your hearts on things above. It's a mind change here where God is seated, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God there to mediate for us because we're under grace. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, which would include getting drunk, getting high, and Jace, the, the, the things you were challenging. For you died your death to sin. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you'll appear with him in glory. And then he says this, and a lot of people miss this. There is a demand of a changed life and a mode of operandi, as we all put it. Some would say rules. It's not like rules. You have a change of heart from what you were delivered from and the price paid for you. So you put, therefore, you put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. The first on the list, of course, is what Jace was addressing in Ohio. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. This is the before grace, and then now it's after grace. But now, rid yourself of all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Great qualities, great qualities. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self. That one died at your baptism and was buried. And here's the new one. You've put on the new self, the old is gone, which is being renewed in knowledge of Christ. There's no difference between Jew, Greek, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. Christ is all and in all. Therefore, and look, he says, start being this way. Compassion, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. It sounds like the fruit of the Spirit. Bear with each other. Yeah. Whatever, forgive each other of grievance. It has to be a change of lifestyle, or it's just an exercise in Bible verses and knowing Jesus and what he was like and becoming like him. If that's ever lost, well, then you get down to the rules and all the regulations. Then you start arguing about things that don't amount to a hill well, of beans. I, I could tell that's hey. the number one problem there because some of them have rules. Because I was I was being very inquisitive. I was like, well, what yep. are the rules? And I mean, some of the rules of some of the groups that he said, I was just like, really? Yep. That, that's a rule? And they're like, that's a rule. And it would, <laughs> I won't get into the specifics, but I just thought, well, what, I mean, what about the grace of God? I kept, and Phil, I went to Colossians too. He's like, Oh, I, I know Colossians too, like the back of my hand. Because in this guy's predicament, he said, I used to argue with him. He said, I really did. But I, I now realize that I got to live by my own you know, faith, what saved me. The, the grace of God is what is the basis for you to change, make any change. That, that is correct. So, and, and I do want to say this. What, what occurred to me is that no matter what you do, I mean, we talk about how technology and everything has affected our society, which is true. But here, for the most part, these people, they're not in, this is like I was in 1940, maybe, and even in a place that, I mean, there's a probably few of them that have that, emails yeah. and cell phones and all, because it depending on what group they're with. But for the most part, we got horse and buggies here. Yeah. You know, the number one problem mm -hmm. there is when a car runs into a horse and a buggy, because I asked that, because, I mean, we had three near wrecks. Right. Getting there. You're going 55 miles an hour around the corner, and there's, here's a horse that's tired. He's going one mile an hour. <laughs> and I was like, what happens when, when they collide? He's like, nothing good. <laughs> you yeah, know? That's bad all, <clears throat> all the way around. Let's take another break, Jay. 
So we've asked this question a lot on our podcast because of one of our sponsors, Home Title Lock, is can thieves really steal your home's title? Uh, And the answer is yes. Uh, There's a thief who stole over 150 homes and was sentenced to 25 years in prison, which is why that you need Home Title Lock. Listen to this. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's in my name. Or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. All right, so now we know, right? You need to go to HomeTitleLock.com. You register your address, make sure you're not already a victim, and you enter the code RADIO. So it's HomeTitleLock.com, enter RADIO. You're going to get 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. But my point is, no matter, you you can't have any more different of a culture and yet we have the same problems. Yeah. We have right. a drug epidemic. I said, how big a problem is it? He's like, it, he said, look at all the support. I mean, 1,500 people showed up from their community. Yep. And these are people that are perfectly content with sitting on the porch. Trust me. I got well, that, that impression. Whether, whether you put yourself under the written code that's been canceled yeah. for you, it's been canceled. You're not under the written code anymore. Right. You're, you're under grace. But either way you look at it, it affects them the same way it does the heathen in the cities. That's yeah, what was right the most profound thing I yeah. thought. Because Which is really good for you to see that. And, and, it, yeah. and it especially fits the context of what we've been talking about in Romans. Because, you know, we've been talking about these different groups that Paul, you know, kind of shows in the first three chapters. And you had an opportunity to another group in our culture that choose to live differently, which we all think is a good idea what they do. But it doesn't, you still can't take away all the same struggles you have. I don't know whether you brought it up, but it does. Paul did say to the Thessalonians, and I live by it, make it your ambition. Mm -hmm. You say your ambition, meaning this is where you want to go to live a quiet life. You say, well, they they pretty well. No, they got that verse down. I know. (laughs) Live a quiet life. Mind your own business. They got that verse down. Work hard. Now they're they're out working. Everybody else. Because I saw kids running. Let me finish. So that your daily life, well, we're in the respect of outsiders, and so that you won't be dependent on anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Any way you look at it. The the mode of operandi that they currently are on, I'm I can't knock it. Yeah. No, well that's why I said. But now I think if you, you get down to, to get but... down to think that you're saved by works, your works, you're missing the point. Well, right. You live yeah. under grace, you so, say, but you can still live a quiet life. You mind your own business. Yeah. Work hard. You say you can still be that way in the middle of it all. Uh, so a lot of them say, well, you know, I'm too simplistic, but I'm I'm just. I'm a simple man. I don't. I, well, and this, it's not rocket science. It's not mm-hmm. bad to be a simple man. Yesterday, so it's funny, Jace. Yesterday, I didn't know all this, obviously. Yeah. So I preached yesterday from Romans four because we're a little bit behind at WFR where we we're on the podcast, and you know the same stuff we talked about, focusing mostly on Abraham, but it was about grace because yeah. there's no doubt that the term righteousness is what I was focused on yesterday. And of course, Jace is preaching this Sunday, which. Excited about, but I, I'm going to Indiana in between. So trust me, Al, I'm winging it. <laughs> well, you're winging it'll be better than most others. But yeah, I, fo- I want to talk about something I focused on that we didn't focus on the podcast when we were in Romans four because I think it fits the discussion we're having right now. Because we focused on Abraham, which the chapter does mostly. Because the idea is that remember from Romans one sixteen and seventeen, the gospel is what reveals and produces the righteousness. And this, and then the righteous will live by faith. But think about it, Al, while you're there. By our standard, all these years later, from the day of Abraham, he was a very simple man. That's right. I mean, everybody were pretty simple men and women back in those days. Just think about what they didn't have to lure you in yeah. to the drugs, alcohol. I mean, yeah, okay, the wine was there, but you say overall, there's 
it's a lot easier now to fall victim to these things that are swirling all around you, yeah. especially once you leave a simplistic lifestyle. Right. And, and the main thing that Paul was trying to accomplish with Abraham was that he preceded all the things that the current people he was talking to thought made them righteous. That's you know, right. He preceded law. He preceded the chosen people. He preceded the nation. He preceded circumcision. All those things, his faith is what he's trying to get across. What what we didn't talk about on the podcast that I talked about yesterday, which I found was interesting, is, you know, he also quotes David in Romans 4, you know, from Psalm 32, when he says, David says, my sins are forgiven. My sins are covered. Uh, my sins are not counted against me. And that's from that's from Psalm 32. And so I asked a question yesterday on my sermon. So what what made David righteous? Was it that he was of Jewish heritage? Was it that he was under law? Was it that he was the king of Israel? No, to any of those. It's because he figured out under that system of works. Faith in God. It was faith in God. But And then I told them, I said, that if you really want to know why David was a man after God's own heart, go read Psalm 51. Because there, after the affair with Bathsheba and his family had fallen apart, and he and then he had to have Nathan come and convince him that he was wrong, and he got so you know worked up about it that he was so broken. And then listen to some of these words: "I know my transgressions; my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned. Surely I was sinful at birth, from the time my mother conceived." He's like, "I'm so bad." that surely it went all the way back even at the beginning. This is how bad I am. But then he comes back at the end and says, Create in me, restore me, cleanse me, save me. My sacrifice is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. It was, it was David's recognition of his own sinfulness. And so I made the point that that's where we have to be to understand how good God's grace is. You are correct. And to be able to accept it. So that's where basically righteousness comes from. Exactly. Is that. So uh, it was a good point. We didn't really get a chance to dive into David because we spent most of our time on the podcast talking about Abraham. But you look at any of those ancients, the ones that understood their weaknesses and knew that they couldn't do it on their own, but then cried out to God. That's why we've talked about Job before. Job was the same way. And he's ancient, ancient. He was way back there, you know, pre-flood probably. And yet he understood that it's not me. And even when bad stuff happens to you, it's not me. Pretty well, I put my head on the pillow every night and tell God what what you just said David did. I'm 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 right there. Yeah. I said, look, I could have done a lot better here. I'm 75 years old. I could have could have been a lot better. But right. but it is what it is. But forgive me. Thank you for your grace. That's right. Without it. I'd be a dead man. I'm pretty much the That's same. That's kind of way my prayer is right. every night. And I do the same thing. It's funny because I do mine every morning. That's how I wake up. Yep. Uh, I'm no good. I can't do it on my own. I have nothing to offer myself, but inspire me through your Holy Spirit today to be your spokesman, yep. whatever that means and wherever I go, Yep. you know, which is powerful. But I, I think all of us probably have to look at our lives that way and get to that place before we can really understand what grace is, yep. which, you know, if, if you're focused on works and you're focused on law, you're not going to be able to see that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was tough. I, I was trying to find everywhere grace is mentioned in Romans, but Ooh, I couldn't well, find that in the in, I mean, I found just off the top of my head, you know, obviously four sixteen, where when he was, when you were talking about Abraham, he said the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Uh, and then where we're at, where, where you, where I'm going to preach out of, you know, Romans five, two, where it says through whom, well, the whole, I feel like I need to read it. Cause it says, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, just think about that's a, maybe that's what I should preach on. I mean, that's a having peace between you and God. Well, I think you should. Let's take another break, Jay. So it's kind of an uncertain world, but I don't know that that ever really changes to y'all. I mean, when do we, when can we say anything except for the gospel? Not much certain about what's going to happen in the world. It's a lot of questions. At all. And that's certainly the case now. People are worried coming out of the pandemic, worried about jobs. One of our sponsors, Heart for Gold, they sell gold and silver that – you can buy 
and it comes right to your door or you can, you know, inside your IRA. So they make it very easy to be able to do it. They're the highest rated firm in the country, an A plus Better Business Bureau rating, which is really good. And if you call them right now, they're going to give you $1,500 of free silver, Jace, on your mm. first order. I know you're a silver man. From an economic viewpoint, silver and gold is pretty always, safe. Always precious. So uh, if you want to give these guys a call uh, and, and look into buying some gold or silver, it's uh, 866-785-4345. That's 866-785-4345. Or you can text PROTECT, the word PROTECT, to 65532. That's PROTECT 65532. Check them out. $1,500 worth of free silver. Right. You don't want him right. as an enemy. <laughs> I mean, just think about you. If you have peace with the creator of the and sustainer of the universe, that's a good spot. You should tell uh, you should tell that story because that was so funny. We did on the podcast about the inexce- that you looked up the inaccessible places, the island of snakes. And, oh yeah, well I could. That'd be a great that. story. But verse two of five says, "Through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand." I mean, we're standing and given access to grace, which is, you know, if you define it, and even when he started off in Romans 1, I think he mentioned six times the gospel in the in the first chapter, which means good news. But he says in 5 of, ch- of chapter 1, through him and for his namesake, we received grace. I mean... I'm not sure how you miss grace, but people do. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was funny, even in the context of, of Paul talking about Abraham. Jace, I did, you'll, you'll like this. I want to read you this exchange. that I, I went back to John 8 because, uh, you know, it. I kept thinking, you know, the Jews it, it, that Paul's talking to primarily in Romans 1 through 4, they, they thought that Abraham was exclusive to them. That was their idea. So you remember the conversation, and I just I boiled it down to just a few statements. Jesus said, "You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." So these here's these group. Remember, they were Jews that had said they believed in Jesus, and so he says, "Okay, so you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free." They came back with, "We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been slaves of anyone," which, by the way, was a ball faced lie. They were slaves in Egypt. They were slaves in Babylon. They were enslaved by Syria in their own country. You know, he said, how can you say that we shall be set free? Because they don't know, what are you talking about? Jesus said, everyone who sins is a slave to sin, meaning Mm -hmm. it's your sin that holds you captive. But look what they go back to. Abraham is our father. And here's a a great (laughs) way. They just keep going back again and again. Here's a great way to look at that. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and he speaks with Colossians 2, and he speaks with Romans 6, the time when you received the Spirit of God and you died was buried, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, listen to this, not counting men's sins against them. He said, when you get that position right there, that's when no sins are counted against you. You're under grace, not works. And man, is it a a far difference and a sigh of relief to know that. Right. But that's... Well, I mean, I didn't... The guy who asked me to be there, he said, I appreciate you not... Like stepping on their toes. I mean, because yeah. I, I I love these people. Yeah, it's they're, like they're you fantastic. go, because I was telling another guy, uh, you know, I was in the airport. I was telling him where I was because I was like, this was the strangest event I've ever out of the hundreds of events. I mean, I rode up on a tractor. There's horse and buggies. They're bringing me all their fresh foods that they just made, which I mean, by the, the way, wheels, look, was uh, awesome. Some of the first wheels America ever saw. Somebody came up with the idea, four, four, four wheels that roll, and you know, got an axle, and you get up on top of the thing, and there you go. And the whoever the Amish are, what their background was, 
they're still there, which you have to admire that. Oh, yeah. Well, they're still with the four the, wheels and the, and, the, and the mules or the horses. Oh, yeah. This, this guy in the airport, he said. A little help from John Deere. Let me say, well, yeah, it's going to take you a long time. They're like, time? What are, you, what are you talking about? But I was telling the guy you know, in the airport what I was doing, and I was like, you know what's weird is they had fun. And and I said, when I blew the duck call, I mean, it was the – there were, some people clapped – and some people laughed, and some people like had their mouth open, like it was just like joy and amazement over just blowing the duck calls. It was a strange thing. And of course, <laughs> Jace, this guy, think about it. he said it was like that movie. And now he started talking about a movie I'd never heard of. He said, uh, which was embarrassing because he said, you, you remember that movie where Pee Wee Herman, I think is the guy's name, he said, went to an Amish community. And all because he asked them about fun, and some of them didn't, couldn't even, they wouldn't even answer. It was like, now they might have edited that or whatever. <laughs> what well, was embarrassing because when he said, he, I think the guy's name is Pee Wee Herman, but I said, was he a baseball player? I'd never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, he, he's no, a, a little he's skinny kinda, dude. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what he said. But he said, what he you did. You were thinking of Pee Wee Reese that played for the Dodgers. I don't know. Yeah. I was like, I don't <laughs> know. Pee Wee's mixed up. I don't know who Pee Wee Herman is. <laughs> yeah. And, well, uh, <laughs> But so he said that in this movie, he he got a giant balloon in the, in the Amish community. Now he might I don't even know if he's making fun of him or whatever because I haven't seen this movie. But he said he basically let the air out of the balloon and it made this in front of this was his presentation because he was trying to show them what fun was. And he said they laughed it because it was making a giant sound, you know. And so, but he was. He brought that up. He's like, well, these people, there's not a whole lot going on besides their normal day or they're not watching for the most part TV or That's movies. Right. And so he's like, you coming, blowing a duck call because they hunt. I mean, I, I tell you that I, I, they were hunters. Oh, they hunt. And, uh, but I don't know how much, how many duck calls he used. So I was more, you know, I think it's okay to like give people a, permission to, it's okay to have a good time right. you know in, in the name of jesus i mean there there's joy means something yeah plus so, people hey, hang on down let's take our last break my, my parting comment would be <coughs> and i mentioned this to somebody the other day and when they were talking about uh you know the 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 great minds in our universities and all that and i said well uh there was that little blurb I did the other morning out here. I just made the comment, Jace, that some people have a skill set. And the skill set is they know what birds sound like. Yeah. So they make devices that sounds like various birds. The difference yeah. between a gadwall and the sound he makes and a teal and the sound he makes and a wood duck, a sound he makes. And some people have it in their mind that sound, they build devices that mimics that. I said, you can make a great living doing that. Yeah. You can become known worldwide if you can just sound like birds. You may not have the brains of a college professor, but mm. you have a skill set that you actually can market it. Yeah, but pretty much And like, it's that simple. Yeah. But there's probably one in a billion people who have that skill set. <laughs> Which, that was kind of my point. <laughs> I know. I was just telling your... Most people are, don't wake up in the morning yeah. and are worried about and thinking about what birds sound like. Some people, In our case, you had a family structure built around hunters, mm -hmm. and they ascertained what birds sound like, made devices. Jace, you were the, one, of the, one of the pioneers. You were there and said, hey, what about this? And I said, good night, Jace. You got that gadwall. Well, that's a duck. He makes a certain yeah. sound. Jace figured it out with blowing two duck calls at one time, one whistle and one quack. Because and a gadwall has a whistly quack. Whistly quack. Which is strange. And yeah. then we built the call that sounded like it. Well, it went ballistic because nobody had ever done that. Right. So even just 
I don't know Small about thing. ballistic, but a few people bought them. We did, well, yeah. ballistic yeah. for us. Yeah. <laughs> On Redneck's wages, it was ballistic. The scale Jake. of ballistic is, you know, varies. From- you're driving that fine pickup truck you pull up in here. You know, you're known because, Jace, let's well, face it, you can sound like birds, son. No, That's how you got I it. I think I'm driving that fine pickup truck is because we convince people who don't duck hunt to buy duck calls. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and watch a show about a family that there makes you duck go. I think, that, and so I got to give credit to God on that because how could you have come up with that? So do you know what your, you said you're going to be in Indiana. This is released on Wednesday, but do you know where the event is or anything about it? Al, I don't. Uh, this We should probably have some place where we know that information. Man, Just for people I, Al, to know. I figured you was, got the point that when I look up and I'm, it's like, I'm like, what are these horse and buggies are doing here? I had no idea where I was going or I have one speech. I'm not I wish very I'd smart. have been in your shoes. I'd love to make that little journey, you know. I'm oh, glad yeah. you didn't because I don't think you'd have come back. Yeah, might not. <laughs> you may have yeah, yeah. you may have settled there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I could see y'all in one of these little white houses. Oh and, yeah. But the problem is all your family's pretty much grown because because I noticed these kids there, they work. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I saw kids doing some manual labor at yep. every turn. Well, the one thing... Which I've, is a good thing. Yeah, the one thing America. we've noticed about the... Dad and I have been in a couple of Amish communities before, and everybody works hard, and the and yeah. what they produce is outstanding, whether it's furniture, food, butter, cheese. Food, they're top of the line. Oh, I ate so this good. fried pie, which, look, this this woman, can't she have a basket? Because everybody... Look, people were bringing gifts, and I thought... I mean, nice gifts. Now, this was a funny thing. This guy comes up. Now, he didn't look like an Amish, but what's he doing here? So I, I don't know. But he pulled a coin out of his pocket. And he's. I'm like, you know, it's kind of awkward. I'm like, do I stick my hand out? He's like, I want to give you this because I heard you're into the same thing I am. And so I, I couldn't really see it, but I was like, these people seem nice, so I didn't know if it was going to shock my hand. I was like, I figure not, because that would take some kind of electrical current that we're not really down about. Put I like that out. you're leery of the, of the Amish having sure. some way of doing Man. a trick on you yeah, or something. Every time, like, Willie for, you know, 15 years would say, hey, you know, stick your finger out or something. It was always something bad happened, so I'm kind of leery of that kind of stuff. So I stuck my hand out, and he put a 1854 half dime in my hand wow and so i was like i i don't you you keep because this is awesome he said i know you're a metal detector and i was like well is it that a machine that's like the kind of the way i said it and he did a little wink <laughs> <laughs> that's just between us that was that's just between us conversation. Yeah. and so then when he pulled out his phone to show me some pictures i said you may be with a little more liberal group <laughs> here you know well so, and he's he had to know about metal detective from the podcast or but something. you know what's funny is the rules and all you gotta love them. But Phil, you know people. why I love these people is that because there were <laughs> there were some of the more conservative ones standing around. There's fifteen hundred people here, you know. But they would kind of laugh at it was a I never felt somebody was angry or you know, about cause look, I I just came out and said, I mean, you know, let's the grace of God teaches us to say no. That's I I did quote that somewhere in my oh, my bet. speech. I just couldn't help it, yeah. but I did love them. I, I had a good time. And look, I, I you got to go by your own message. We're not policemen. I mean, you you can't police other police. Then we're all police. That's yeah. right. And so I mean, some of our listeners, we know we have some policemen, <laughs> and and we love you because you send these emails that I hear about. <laughs> They're like, you know, we even like we I said that about the about day. the chosen, and they're like, they don't have the their show is not biblically accurate. And they're like, the first thing comes up and says, this is not the Bible. Yeah. If you want to know more about the Bible, go, go get one and read it. Read the <laughs> Bible. But this is about people. There's dramatizations of yeah. the people who followed, and they they delve through imagination and creativity into their personalities. Let me put it this way. If everyone, rules or no rules, if everyone operated 
like the Amish do, we would be better off. Oh, no doubt. Well, you think about verses like be aliens and strangers in your culture. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of verses that talk a lot about what. But you're still going to have. Look, that's the whole reason this ministry was formed and it was called 612. You got to remember, no matter what situation you put, put yourself in, because you have Amish tendencies, those struggles between good and evil, they're not going away. Nope. In which I think their groups need to learn that. Yeah. You can literally put your family in a prison. Guess what? They're going to still struggle. Yep. It The grace of God, you have to have an encounter because of God's grace, which is what Romans 5 says. Right. Through Jesus, that message pricks your heart. And if your heart is pricked and you believe God is real and you love Jesus for the blood he, he shed, and you love that he conquered the grave. When you're in temptation, you know, verses like that, God is faithful. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He always provides a way out. Mm -hmm. Well, that first phrase there that God is faithful, he proved that by executing the plan of Jesus. Right. I mean, he was faithful to us throughout the whole process. That's he didn't it. cut and run and say, because he could have. He could have. We, he we said, I'll never that. leave you, and I will not forsake well, you. Well, when you believe that's real, ultimately, that's going to be the greatest motivation to keep yourself pure. That's right. And guess what? Even though you may have that in your heart, we're still flawed. I mean, the bottom line is it's hard to wrap your head around grace, and it's hard to wrap your head around that we just can't get this right. We just <laughs> They screw up. You know? You know, righteousness is from God and the gospel, <clears throat> and the righteous will live by faith. Two things I want to uh, remind uh, our listeners as we close. Lisa and I are going to be doing a marriage event this weekend uh, in Oklahoma City. So well, say the dates because who knows when this will be well, released. Gonna, this is going to release Wednesday this week, so okay. I know it'll be this weekend. Uh, and so it's um, it's it's at the Branches Church. So I don't know a lot of details, but if you'll if you're in that area and you want to come see us, I'm going to preach that Sunday as well, uh, just to let you know. And then also a reminder about the Daily Feel, uh, which is uh, exclusive to Walmart, uh, just released uh, June the first. And so if you want to get some more of Feel. It's a 100-day devotional, and it's uh, really good. So if you want to check that out, check it out. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.